This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 205 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Hands On Gloves, the all-in-one revolutionary bathing, grooming gloves. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network, and today we have some real old hands on on board and going to give you some good tips. This is Debbie Lauks, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have my producer Glenn with me today. He did a change up on my notes. Thank you, Glenn. How are you? Good. It's good to be back. I haven't been on in a while. I know. I wanted to have you on. I think Jen just gave you the throne for a second. So we can talk about June, too, because maybe you got some surprises for us. But you're coming out. Yes. uh, Jennifer and I are coming out, along with some other hosts from the Horse Radio Network, to to the movement, which is in... Tell tell everybody when it is again. June 17, 18, 19. We've got a little change up, which we like to do. So Nellie, my partner in crime on this one, uh, we thought this thing up five years ago, but we don't stand on our laurels. We like to change things up. And every year has been a little different. This year is going to be more of a traditional clinic on the Friday and Saturday in that we've got Monty and Jamie in the gentling pen. We've got Helena. We've got Wendy. We've got... Glenn and Jen, too, um, all helping us with our horses and with You really our don't want me helping training, though. I, I, can, well, I can spectate. I can be a cheerleader. I can bring my pom-poms. You're the support team. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's fun. It's almost like an HRN get-together, this movement this year. But what's the change-up is that on Sunday, people can, if they want to, stay for private sessions. So we've, you know, we kept getting feedback that people are so hyped up about working with their horses right there on the moment. They've learned so much that they want to either bring their own horse or use one of our transition horses, the horses that we are retraining for adoptability. They can use those to go on our mountain trail. They can use those to do a join up with, with Monty. So these private sessions We've been booking now, so if there's any slots left, run for it because they're um, they're pretty popular. But that's what'll happen on Sunday. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But did I mention a concert? Yes, Temple the Thompson's oh, coming. So Temple we're going to have a concert Thompson. one night. We are on Friday night. Talk it's about so a private concert here in June. A private con. It's it's going to be so chill. Last year, we we kept it to fifty because you know it's still kind of a, the c word, COVID word, and and we didn't know if people were going to come in June or not. And you have to make these plans so far in advance. So we kept it to fifty, and you know we loved it so much that we we're keeping a lid on it as much as we can. Maybe it creeps up to sixty or seventy because people are going to twist our arms, but. It will still have that same intimate vibe to it. So we have, we literally do have a private concert of Templeton Thompson and her new album. And she is such a good horse girl. She's just such a lover of horses and she's just going to fit right in. She and her husband, Sam Gay, who have amazing talents in their fingertips on their guitars and in their vocal cords and just going to be so much fun. So that's a change up for this year too. So we're really, we're really excited about that. Every year we're, um, you know, we just seem to, to kind of hone in on what people are looking for. So we have a real local group coming from the San Inez Valley too, which is really nice to get 
really good horsemen together. So there'll be people that you'll recognize the names of threaded through the audience. But also, we're going to have a lot of auditors, aren't we, Glenn? Yeah, we have a lot of our super fans coming. And, you know, for all of you out there that for years have complained when we do the Horse horse Lovers Cruises for the Horse Radio Network <laughs> that you don't do water and you right. wanted a ground thing that involved horses, this is it. This is your ground thing that involves horses. You're going to have multiple hosts from the Horse Radio Network there. We're going to have Templeton Thompson there. So it's just like a cruise, actually. It's a land cruise because we have entertainment. We have food. And uh, in this case, we have horses. That's kind of hard to do on the ship. So, um, So there you go. It's your opportunity. And there's still tickets available. Not a lot. But where do they go to get the tickets? Go to MontyRoberts.com and... Click on the tab at the top that says the movement, and you'll find everything there. That'll take you through the the ticketing. It's just a VIP ticket this year. That's all we're offering is VIP tickets. Because you're all important. All important, and the lunches are included, and because we want everybody just to stay here and chill out, and not go someplace. But and I'll buy the able to- skeevers, okay? Oh, good. You love your able skeevers. <laughs> They're little. Pancakes, Danish pancakes that are little balls with powdered sugar oh, all over they're them. So good. Raspberry jam. And, oh. and we will, um, so yeah, when you go to get your tickets, definitely do that. And you have some recommendations on there for hotels and stuff too, right? Yeah, we, you know, if you say flag is at farms around here or Monty Roberts, um, they say, oh, okay, we got a discount for you. So do that. But also you might want to tack a day on the beginning or end just while you're out here. I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you that it is wine and horse country here. And so there are, you know, there's wine tasting in town. And did we mention that Solvang is the Danish capital of America? So it's really cute. And did we mention too. Abel Skeevers? Uh, did we mention um, that? I thought we forgot that part. Oh, yeah, Abel Skeevers. <laughs> <laughs> I know you love food. It's the only reason but I'm it's... coming, Debbie. I tell, you it's for the, I tell you it's for the horses to make you happy, but I'm coming for the uh-huh. Abel Skeevers. Yeah, I better have those in your hotel. Oh, no, you're staying in Airbnb, you lucky <laughs> Yeah, boy. we're going to okay, have those so there, too. <laughs> some people, there's a lot of Airbnbs here, too, people. So, you know, if, if you find that the hotels are a turnoff, you know, try the Airbnb route too. But yeah, it's going to be really fun. So go on that webpage, look and see what's left. I don't want anybody missing out and whining on me. I don't want to say next year. So, and if you, if you do have a horse locally, or if you want to use your skills on our transition horses, you will be fully supported in doing that. Oh, and did I mention the mountain trail? Oh my gosh, you guys are going to get so excited about this mountain trail we just put in two weeks ago now. And we're talking middle of April as we speak here and record. And it is the coolest thing ever, Glenn. I mean, everybody has seen the cowboy curtains and the cones and the cavalettis on the ground and all that. And that's wonderful. That's what we use for our transition horses for a couple of years now. But this is like all those things that you could find if you were up on a mountain top and going through a gate and over a suspension bridge and over a trussle bridge and down through the water and over the rocks and it's you know i know you're saying i'm excited to see it because uh locally here we have a famous trainer that had one and we used to go over all the time and it was so much fun so much fun to do it in in the infield so people are keep asking us is the racetrack still open yep the racetrack's still open, but I had to figure out what we could do in field that's not farming because you can't run tractors over your racetrack. And it had to do with horses and it could have horses and people in it, but that's about it. And it had to share space with the deer. Hmm. Right. Okay. Well, can we... That makes <laughs> it really mountaintop. Always... <laughs> that makes it truly unique. <laughs> Pretty much yeah. narrowed it down to that. So anyway, I can't, I can't wait for people to start um, 
to hear from Monty and Kristen on this uh, episode. So we'll get right into it. But I do, I want to brag on hands-on gloves too. We'll do I use them all the time, by the way. I was so happy to see they were your sponsor because uh, oh, I use them so on good. scooter all the time. That's what I use. And he is shedding like crazy right now. Yeah, And he gets such long hair for a pony that lives in Florida. Right. He gets <laughs> hair for a pony that should be living in Alaska. And he, he's still got some left. And I'm trying to get it off of him because he's getting, it's getting to be 85, 90 degrees here so i'm using the the uh, glove all the time it's wonderful you know it's created by animal people for animal people and they get us and it was founded back in 2015 support them they're a great company jay michelson and his team are amazing and the hands-on gloves are better Hands-on grooming gloves are a revolutionary concept that reaches far beyond the traditional curry combs, mitts, and shedders on the market today. Wet or dry, they won't slip or fall off, providing you and your horse a more thorough and enjoyable bathing or grooming experience. Hands-on gloves are available in seven colors and five sizes and come in pairs so you can groom one-handed, two-handed, or even share with a friend and team groom your horse. Go to www.handsongloves.com and get yours today. So I got Monty Roberts and Mark Bolander together over a kitchen table and some Chinese food. And we were having a great time after a long day at training the trainers on the mountain trail. Monty Roberts, as you know, has won 11 World's Championships and is pretty renowned as around the world as a trainer of just about any kind of horse. Well, Mark Bolander is also renowned in the area of mountain trail competitions, and he's won three world's championships. So I was sitting between two champions with a phone in my hand, and I started hearing some nuggets of wisdom, and I thought, I got to stick this phone out here and see. So it's going to be a little grainy for you, but I think Glenn and Jen, when they do this uh, episode, can probably sweeten it up a little bit. But I wanted you to hear some of the words of wisdom that they talked about and the revelations that Monty talks about in, in tipping his hat to what Mark Bolander is doing by teaching the mountain trail courses. And completely retired from the saddle in the show ring. Complete, completely retired from that. So what happened after that then? Well, how many racehorses have I ridden around this racetrack? I remember, no, yeah. I, 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 no, yeah, I've, I've ridden, I think three. A couple of them. <laughs> I know a, a one, mm-hmm. I know one gelding that ran out on the racetrack badly mm-hmm. and was trying to kill people. And I rode him myself and I rode one mare and I, I think there were three that I rode. So then you ask yourself, why did people call you to work with their horses? Oh, well, how many horses did I ride that people call me to come work with? Zero, not one. Um, So what did you have to, well, I had starting gate horses. I had horses that wouldn't load. I had horses that did this and that and the other thing couldn't get a saddle on them or vicious horses and all sorts of, uh, the whole time my feet are on the ground 
from the age of 32. I mean, I rode my horses here for fun, but I was not training horses from the saddle. Everything I did was in hand. Now, there might be somebody on their backs even, but still in hand uh, with certain things that I did, like a starting gate issue or something like that. But when you stop and think about it, I never gave in hand enough credit at all. And um, I certainly did never, I never did enough in hand before you put the saddle on and before you got your butt in the saddle. I just never did do enough of it. I now know I never did enough of it. I would have had better horses and better luck if in hand became a more important feature of the early training. There's no question about that. If you think that this trip of yours didn't mean that much to me, it's a mistake because it, it really it really came to me full on today. Wait a minute. I spent way more years yeah. on the ground than I did in the saddle. Mm. Way more years. It's been uh, uh, it's been 60 years on the ground. I trained no more than three horses where I was actually training them not to do something or to do something. I'm thinking of three. Maybe there was a few others. But more than 30,000 um, from the ground. Yeah. It, it's, it's quite profound when you stop and think about it. Mm -hmm. huh? Someone asked me... Yeah. Um, one interns down there were talking. What is that? Go ahead, Chuck. They were talking, wondering, you know, why you went so much faster than I did. And I said, you're better. you <laughs> 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 better. I, mean, I just, I'm comfortable to take a month in hand before we ride to get the horse just so quiet and bold and comfortable. No theatrics, no fear. Um, just bold. Just you know, they're already used to me being above them, poning them. They're, they're not used to that. They're used to the bit. They're used to everything. And then when Lee climbs on them, and often it's her or an intern, I don't have the, the theatrics. I don't have the fear. And when we go out on the trail course, those horses are walking over the obstacles. I mean, the little one that Megan's riding right now, she was... Oh, Indy. Indy, she Indy's was... three and a half years old. Just right started, mine. yeah. Started her just like we start all of them, in hand for a month. She's now doing yeah, she 180s on the swinging bridge and trotting through the water and going With forward. And just quite as happy as can be. Yeah. Do we have the perfect headset? Nope. No. I don't even worry <laughs> about that right now. Unless I have a horse that's comfortable and going forward and bold and confident... I really don't have anything to train. Yeah, but you've got you've got a much better chance of getting the the perfect headset. Oh gosh, yeah. When they're relaxed and yes, yes. And listening to yeah, you. Yeah, so we don't we don't even worry about that at first. Yeah. We don't even worry about it. until they're quiet. I don't have anything to train, and yeah. if they're fearful, I have nothing to train. If they're sweating, and we we rarely have a horse even break a sweat anymore. <laughs> no, we don't. 
rarely because uh, one of the first signs of stress is sweat. And then pinning of the ears, tightness of the muzzle, tightness of the eyes, a swishing of the tail, and an elevated heartbeat. And if you... I don't consider myself even a horse trainer. I consider myself a teacher. And so I don't find it much different teaching this horse than I find teaching humans. You break it down to a lesson plan, and if a horse has a lot of talent, like Scooter, our Scooter, I mean... We are highly safe scooter because he's wanting to go, yet his knees are young. You know, so I don't, <clears throat> Lee doesn't want Save to. The baby. Yeah. But he's, it was like, can you just get on me after? Th- I mean, he kept saying, get, and we got on him, and he is full of himself. I mean, this is not a dead horse. He's, he's a brilliant horse, and some horses aren't brilliant. I, I know he's my horse, so all of our horses are brilliant. But, <laughs> You know, some horses are a little slower than others. He is smart as a whip, and he's got the attitude to go with it. But he is a little bit like Checkers. I have arrived. I mean, you just he just makes me laugh. And uh, Checkers' half-brother, Cody, full of beans, he made me laugh, too. But this little guy, he's a beautiful mover and beautiful mind. And it is like... You take him out on the course to do stuff, and it's like, I will show you how it's done. I'll do a 180 for you. Uh, I'll on the swinging bridge, rolling bridge. And you know that rolling bridge when it's turned? And when they do a 180 and it's turning, that horse has to really learn to just go with it. But Joe's horse, I had it turned around on the rolling bridge. Really? Oh, yeah. No problem at all. He was like figuring out. But he is a horse that... You're just going to have to push. He's going to be an A student, but he's going to tell you he's not. And that's what he had Joe buffaloed. Mm-hmm. Joe, this horse here is eating your lunch. <laughs> you know. Hi, I'm Monty Roberts. And I'm coming to you now to talk about the Monty Roberts Online University. You know, there ought to be six months in everybody's life where they just live with their animals. I've been staying home, but... I- Three months now, I've been home with this virus thing, and the things I'm learning, we're bringing you a new series, What Horses See, How Horses See, and About Horses Seeing Things. The online university is bringing you the last three years of my learning process, which I promise you is the learningest years I ever spent. The Monty Roberts Online University Uh, You won't miss a minute of it if you get started on it. I love bringing it to you, and it's my shot to take my concepts to the next generation. Up next, we have Kristen Simpson-Harden. We had her on just a few episodes before this episode, Uh, and I want you to go back and listen to that because her depth of knowledge is amazing. But one thing she mentioned in passing was about EHV, which is um, a a terrible thing that's gone through, at least in California, and it's been – it's a viral – it's a respiratory problem the horses are having, and she is such such a good spokesman for horses and what to do in these cases. So – I want you to know that this proud mom of two medalists, look at that, and she's a medalist herself. She's a trainer, a writer, a clinician, and a coach, Kristen Simpson-Harden. 
Well, welcome, Kristen Simpson-Harden. I'm so glad to have you back and so soon. I'm glad to be back. How are you guys today? Uh, we're doing good. We're doing good. We're busy on the farm like you are. I know I just pulled you away from a long lining um, <laughs> session. <laughs> and But I'm glad to have a, a, a professional and a, and a wonderful horsewoman on the line again because you and I were talking and I think it's a great time to tackle this. Um, happens to be day 40 of home quarantine for you. <laughs> Is that right? Or day 40 of the uh, well, EHV and home day, quarantine day. day well, yeah. Day 40 yeah. from the, uh, in a hunter jumper world, day 40 of the uh, initial case that happened yeah. at the yeah. Desert Horse Park in Thermal, which in turn, the way things spread and viruses travel is spread throughout California and beyond and shut us all down. So we are, we're day 40 since that, and that number one horse got sick in thermal. And I've been counting the days. We're on day 14 of our home quarantine. And unfortunately, we were exposed to a horse that came from the horse park. So we are day 26 from being exposed to a sick horse that was exposed at thermal. So different kind of days, but uh, to be very safe, we have to be 28 days away from the exposed horse and we have two more days to go, but so far so good. We got lucky. Yes. you. I guess lucky is it. It's scary though. And, you know, nobody wants to go through that stress or loss of horse ultimately too, but I thought maybe we could start with the listeners with a little bit of a background on what we're talking about here. Um, and I pulled a little, I don't know if this is a good definition or not. You can correct it for me. Cause you're, you're, you, the reason we're on here is because you have compiled such a load of information and good experience now, um, to help us through these things as they will happen. They, you know, I know the pandemic may only happen every hundred years, but you know, with viruses, they go through the barns, don't they? Well, and, the equine herpes virus, the, the rhino pneumonitis uh, virus has been around forever. Mm -hmm. um, there's different forms of it. There's a non-neurologic form, neurologic form. Uh, there's many different uh, deviants and mutations of the, of the virus. And basically, it's the herpes virus, which in people is chickenpox, uh, Bell's palsy, mm -hmm. shingles, and in horses, it can kill them. Yeah. So it is a really interesting how it changes from species to species. And the neuro, the non-neurologic form is that there's a vaccine that helps your horse build immunity, but mm -hmm. they've been unable to develop a vaccine that prevents the neurologic symptoms from occurring, which then turns into EHM, which is the deadly form. And what they found this year is uh, with the mutations that happen with all viruses, EH1 non-neurologic this year uh, in thermal had neurologic symptoms. Oh. And th those neurologic symptoms are what can kill the horse or deem it more humane to uh, 
mm-hmm. euthanize them because right. they're unable to urinate, stand. Um, there's the simple things that have quality of life. So it's right. a very dangerous uh, virus, and it comes in so many forms that can be very confusing um, which ones you're trying to fight against. But ultimately, we need to try to fight against all the forms and all the mutations and all the variants because they can change depending on the host and how strong or weak that animal's immune system is. Mm. So I was, yeah, that's scary. I, I was looking on a, you know, AEP, the American Association of Equine Practitioners, which are an association of veterinarians and everything. And everybody is sort of, um, it's very scary, but everybody has been outlining and watching this progress. And there have been some new mutations and everything too. So it goes back to March 10th, I think was maybe one of the first um, identified. Oh, Feb- Fe- yeah. yeah, February 10th in thermal oh. was the, the, oh. the original, the original um, wow. case. And it I happened to belong to a friend of mine and uh, the horse, was a hunter and was received they hunters uh show hunters they they tend to like to give them medications which i don't necessarily agree with but that they think make make the horses quieter but subsequently they can uh compromise their immune system and those right. kind of drugs like dexamethasone or using joint injections any kind of steroid introduced into anybody, not just an animal, but people do compromise immune systems and immune responses. So at the time, she was treating her horse for cellulitis, which a common skin infection that leads to really inflamed legs and pain. Um, So she thought she was treating her horse for that. And they do treat that with immune suppressants, which, uh, ultimately caused her horse to be susceptible. And then he got neurologic symptoms of further testing revealed that he had EHV. Um, And then at the time, the way the horses were stabled at the horse show, it's very almost impossible to keep them uh, from touching each other or to isolate them. And the horse shows with the stabling that we have, they can touch noses over the top of the stalls and it's just almost impossible to, to keep them away from each other. So by the time they realized what was happening, that whole tent of horses had been exposed. And further, by the time they realized what was happening, people had left the horse show. And mm. people had traveled. And then it spreads like wildfire. Similar thing happened in 2011 at a cutting horse show in Ogden, Utah. And it was a very big outbreak. And when they realized what was happening, the show was over and people had gone home and or were traveling home. And they did a very good job of contacting everybody that was traveling and try to get them to stop. But that went to 14 different states. So it seems like horse trailers... And horses being in close quarters for a long period of time, similar to us on an airplane, right. um, they can infect one another very easily in that situation. And then upon ri- arriving home, 
they can infect any horse on the property. So not every horse is going to have the same symptoms. Not every horse is going to die of it. Uh, Not every horse is going to show you they have symptoms. Some horses can just shed it. (laughs) So it's really important to keep up with the vaccinations for against EHV-1 for the bottles for uh, rhino pneumonitis vaccine. Uh, they found certain ones seem to have more ability to protect the horses. The pneumobort K that we give to pregnant mares, which uh, it's called pneumobort because in pregnant mares, EHV, EHM, exposure to that can cause the mares to spontaneously abort and it can happen overnight. So when you're a breeder like I am, we are vigilant about um, vaccinating our horses. It doesn't necessarily prevent it, but it it hopefully builds their immune system. Uh, To prevent abortion is a scary thing to even think about. So I think people that breed horses are more aware and have always been more aware of this virus. It's existed forever. Uh, When I was 11 years old, my horse died of it and Mm -hmm. I'm almost 55. So it's not, it's not a new thing, but it has mutated over the years and it is uh, very, very, very contagious. Yeah, especially in horses, as you said, too. So I love how you had on your Facebook page, you talked about an article here, too. So I think probably people would be wise to want to know what can what am I looking for? What do I how am I vigilant about that? Besides keeping up the the anything that they do that required by medications at all to boost and bolster the immune system. That's a given. And we all want to do that. We all want to keep our horses as healthy as possible. Uh, But you were um, quoting this article by a French journalist, which I guess this, uh, this whole mutation goes back to 2018. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so they've been looking for medical therapies uh, for this to help reduce the symptoms, how successful have they been to get on top of this? Um, I think they did pretty well with that this year. I had some friends, and they're still dealing with it right now in Southern California. There's 600 exposed horses in San Juan Capistrano wow. at three very large uh, boarding stables, and those are still locked down by the state vets. I think one of them might allow horses out now, but uh, it's hard at those places. It really has to run through the entire place, and they need a they need a good 21 to 28 days without any fevers on the property. And what they ha- what they did use there was, as that article states, heparin uh, and a viral antiviral medication. And the heparin is because the virus can cause blood clots. Uh-huh. And a lot of those are why the horses appear neurologic and uh-huh. heparin is a blood center and the antiviral medication, similar if uh, people that have a Bell's palsy and they go to the hospital and they get an antiviral. Uh, they did some of those therapies on the horses in San Juan Capistrano after they lost a few, they had to put a couple to sleep and they had pretty good luck with that. I think uh-huh. the most important thing is, 
uh, as you're make it a common practice to check temperatures yeah. uh, when you're grooming your horse, have a thermometer in your grooming box and make it a common part of every day that you handle your horse to check your horse's temperature. Uh, that's what the article uh, is really trying to be adamantly pro- uh, proactive about is not just taking your horse's temperature when they don't look right, but doing it every day. And some horses uh, can run a low-grade fever but be be sick and be shedding the virus, which can ultimately uh, harm another horse more significantly. So temperature okay. checking is the key, uh, checking for any kind of puffiness in their legs, anything that uh, is a symptom of EHV, a runny nose is a uh, extreme symptom, but this year some horses don't didn't have symptoms, and then they got missed, and then boom, they were neurologic, which is a really bad thing. They don't usually come back a hundred percent from that. So I think most people need to be really careful and improve their protocols with their horses. Have a a bit dipping bucket that has maybe 10 to one bleach to water or any kind of uh, pine salt or anything that kills viruses and clean your bed after you get off and don't share water buckets and careful about if you're in a stable situation, not dipping the hose from bucket to bucket. Oh yeah. And simple, (laughs) simple, really simple things um, to keep your horses safe. Good. Tell me about this. This uh, chip, there's a microchip that might be coming, may, may become more uh, mainstream. But. Well, it, I think in the last year, um, it's pretty common, but my, my horses have their chips prior to last year, that the, the microchip itself has a temperature sensitive, it's a temperature sensitive microchip. So if you scan the microchip with your chip scanner, it gives you the microchip number and the horse's temperature. And those things, that's really handy because rectal thermometers, although they're very accurate, uh, some horses don't like it. And it puts the people in danger, especially if you have a lot of young horses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I bought one of the scanners. Uh, unfortunately, I have 85 horses on the property. And the only animal on my property right now that has the new chip is my puppy. <laughs> so <laughs> toast um, toast has gotten his temperature checked a lot uh but the new foals that'll be born this year and forever forward the temperature the new chips are available and i think that's a really important thing and if your horse doesn't have a microchip it's a great thing to do it now and then you can just scan their neck and get the the temperature easily and not put yourself at risk and the horses do get tired of having their temperature taken (laughs) as we all do. I suppose that way. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I love that. And for those that run a big barn, lots of horses like you are too. I like the fact that you have a protocol like that anyway, for a barn. This, if I'm reading this about the scanner correctly, it's instantly accurate and, um, you can, it records the temperatures automatically on your computer or your phone with a simple little program. It does. You, yeah. 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 You can set up a program and it 
it keeps track of the horse's temperature indefinitely on your program. And that way you don't have to write it down, which is also, you know, it's hard to keep your grooms on top of it. They, a lot of them will take their temperatures, but having them write it down, you know, they might forget a day and that's normal. It's hard with horses to have a pen and paper available all the time. So this is a really great tool. And I'm hoping for those of us that have microchips from the past that they'll come up with one that uh, is a temperature check microchip because it's you're not supposed to put two microchips on a horse. That would be um, counterproductive to have two different microchip numbers. But if they, we can get just the temperature checking part of it, that would be really great. Yeah, love that. That's a great tip. Yeah, so this, this virus is not going away. I'll tell you that. I think yeah. it's here to stay and it's here to stay and we have to be uh, ultra vigilant about keeping our horses safe. Well, that's great. And you have a, a beautiful barn there too. Tell tell people where they can get a hold of you to learn more about what you're doing at your place. You're teaching champions out there. I'm so excited <laughs> for you. Uh, your, your fan page, your, I love this. Fan page, yeah. proud mom of two medalists, trainer, writer, clinician, coach. Where do we find you, Kristen Simpson? Well, I'm in New Cuyama, California, which is uh, between Santa Maria and the top of the, the north part of the grapevine, behind Santa Barbara. Uh, two hours to L.A., two hours to uh, Santa Barbara. Not everything. Hour and a half. Yeah, to we're, we're out here. Um, we do mostly breeding and young horse training. I don't have many clients out here because it's off the beaten path, but I have a really great stable that I teach at in Woodside, California and Silicon Valley. And that's where all of my uh, amateur riders are and kids. So we commute. Well, I do. I commute up there and teach and we travel to the horse shows as a giant team and I give clinics all over. And somebody can find me on my Facebook page, uh, Kristen Harden, and kristenharden.com. Happy to talk to everyone that sends me messages on Facebook. Uh, I try to answer everybody every day with questions, help with their horses, and advice to try to manage our new world with uh, viruses ever-present. That's it. So, yes, I hope people will uh, pay attention because these were great tips, Kristen. I really appreciate it. And I know it's hard earned, too. So appreciate your experience and and uh, your willingness to uh, mentor so many kids, too. I'm just so proud of what you're doing out there. No, it's fun. It's very rewarding lifestyle. Good. Good. Well, we loved having you. We'll have you back. Is your horse showing signs of nervousness, inflammation, pain, or digestive issues? If so, American Harvest products might be the solution you need. American Harvest's natural equine hemp pellets are vet formulated and produced from natural hemp. The palatable pelleted formula is manufactured with potent raw CBD using no chemical processing, so your horse will love the taste as much as you'll love the benefits. Look for the full line of American Harvest products at your local equine shop, any Hubbard dealer, or online at store.altech.com. 
And right now, you could win a free 90-day supply of American Harvest equine products. Check out today's show notes for details on how to enter. Whisper the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say a word. It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty. Leave this world a better place in the The magic in the language of the herd. Dear Monty, I'm looking for ideas on how to help a horse that is on stall rest and can only be hand-walked post-surgery. He gets so, quite understandably, full of energy that he gets explosive, which makes going for a quiet hand-walk challenging, to say the least, and I don't want him to injure himself or me. How can I help him calm his mind and body? Monty's answer. This is a situation met by many owners. Follow the advice of your veterinarian on substances you might use to help quiet him for an extent that he is safe for you to lead. There is never an easy answer, but a conversation with your vet might suggest that a tranquilizer is necessary. You might think this may be harmful, but I promise that a horse's hoof landing on your head is far more harmful. A good area with secure footing and good footing is very important. Walking in a straight line back and forth is generally a solution, and often there's a hallway or breezeway with reasonable footing or footing that can be made reasonable. And then walking where two walls is discourages bad behavior. That's a possibility. Schooling with the dually halter is an option if the need isn't already a factor. Studying my methods will find the use of the dually halter to be a safety measure practically unsurpassed. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts? Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged. In April, here we are. We've got a Horsens and Healing coming up April 22 through 24. Then April 25 through 29, we have our Gentling Wild Horse Course. That's five days from wild to gentle. That's what we do at our Gentling Wild Horse Course. It's backwards. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's going from gentle to wild. Uh, that would ruin his reputation. All those books would be shot. Pretty much bad. Okay, so May, May then, we have 2 through 13 as our advanced exams. We have Denise Heinlein coming in from that from Germany because she got her own one visa. Yay. And then May 16th through June 3rd, we have our advanced course. And of course, Denise is holding that. And then in June, long term, what did we talk about, Glenn? 17th through the 19th of movement. That's where you get to meet me. Oh, and Monty's going to be there too. The archer yeah. leader. Yeah. yeah. And, oh yeah. And the horse trainer, Monty. Yeah. And then. Yeah, but I'm bringing the food. So let's. Uh, well, the let's, let's get our priorities straight here. <laughs> and one thing we didn't mention, we were talking about the movement too, is that the two days right after that. So June 17, 18, 19 is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Then following right onto that is Monday and Tuesday with Mark Bolander, June 20 through 21. That is the mountain trail clinic with Mark Bolander. And I know a bunch of us are going to be there. So hurry up. It, it will fill fast. And we're real excited about hearing how he conquers the mountain trail course with his horse. 
For details about today's show, go to horsemanshipradio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about the guests. And as always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under facebook.com slash Monty Roberts, Twitter, twitter.com slash Monty underscore Roberts, and Instagram at instagram.com slash Monty underscore Roberts. There seems to be a theme there, Debbie. Yes, Monty underscore. Yep, that's that's right. (laughs) Many thanks to our sponsors, too. We love our hands-on gloves. We love our American Harvest Clinic, and we love our MontyRobertsUniversity.com. And be sure to visit all the other great shows, too, on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. Especially that morning show, Horses in the Morning. That's a really good one I heard. It's a great show. It's on every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, We're coming up, Debbie, to episode 3000 on that show. I am so proud of you. That is crazy. There's, there's, we think there's two or three other podcasts in the world that have ever hit episode 3,000. Any so, podcast? You mean not just a horse Any podcast. podcast. No, there's no other horse podcast, but uh, okay. any podcast. Holy so, yeah. moly shamoli. Is that right? Yep. That's amazing. Yep. And, and you guys still talk to each other. And we actually, still talk after 12 years. <laughs> uh, no, you guys are the coolest guys ever. I can't believe 3,000. So when do you actually hit the 3,000? In August, and I'm, we're hoping to get out to Jamie's in Oklahoma and actually do that together. Oh, so we're, we're, we're hoping that works out and that happens, but that'll be in August and that'll put us in rare air in the podcasting world. Yeah, you're already in rare air in our book. So be sure to visit those other great shows, too, because that doesn't even count the 3,000 that they nope. did. So. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, I want everyone to have many happy horse hours. <laughs>